one, pop. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unclassical. Hello, welcome back. I am Marsha. And I am Katie. God, just getting started tonight. That was a lot. We had to clap. <laughs> we had to count three, two, one twice. Like also, part of the issue with the sound is because I think we've said this. I'm just too fucking loud, and I echo in the room sure. straight off the bat. Hello. <laughs> Like, I know. We've had to put you in a little cave. <laughs> I'm the cave, guys. <laughs> it's scary in here. You have to stay in there because you're too loud for everybody else. I will shut up and think about that. All right? Okay. I'll, I'll try being good. It's not going to happen, is it? No. <laughs> So, tonight, guys, we are going to try... We are going to wrap up um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because it isn't a spooky season. And uh, while this tale is chilling and horrifying in many ways, it's not cool spooky vibes, let's be honest here, guys. Mm. No, like, but do not fear. We have got Something. some horrors coming up. I'm not saying what it is yet. I mean, oh, I've probably already said at some I'm, point. I'm alluding to the story that we're telling tonight, Marsha. It's not all about you. No, sorry. We <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Well, I, I've still got some story to go through, you know? <laughs> You've got. Is he called Chief? He is Bromden. Bromden. It's because Bromden goes in as that murderer that Tom Hardy played. Actually, he wasn't Bronson. a murderer. Bronson. Yeah, he actually wasn't a murderer. It's just um, very violent. Personally, I like. <laughs> Personally, I like. Um, yeah, very violent and uh, sticky fingers up and keep stealing. Um, so yeah, uh, Bromden, man who couldn't satisfy his wife. Cheswick. Cheswick, and some other people. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I feel uncomfortable just naming like, the things so, I remember about them. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that's a good recap. The other characters are Billy Bibbit. Um, what's his name? Mm. Um, he is quite young, has a stutter, and has like a very overbearing mother who is um, Bessie Mates with Nurse mm. Ratchet. So mm. that probably gives you an insight to what kind of mother she is. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, and it's yeah. way too like close um, interest. And Nurse Ratchet's was sort of like... I saw your mother tonight, um, last night, Billy. And he's like, just starts trembling because, you know, he lives in constant fear of his mother. Um, so he's there. And Safeguarding, guys. Jesus, look it up sometime. I said that wrong. Uh, Cheswick is not the man with the, when he can't satisfy his wife. That is Harding, apparently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Kesey? I give you a lot of stick, but that is funny. <laughs> well done, well done. Uh, Cheswick is another one of the acutes um, who's the guy who really backs up um, Brett backs up McMurphy and like really just supports him. Like the guy that you know is really backed up. They're not getting a lot of laxatives to live. No. He's um he's there's no pun with Cheswick. That is just a name. <laughs> damn it. God damn it. Okay. I was gonna say Bromden you could work with. But... Yeah, but yeah, Cheswick. Okay, okay. Cheswick okay. is just like he um so Harding and McMurphy are kind of more like Bessie mates mm. because Harding's more chatty. Yeah. But Cheswick is like, I have got your back, bro. Okay. Like, In a kind of brown nosing simpering way or I'm just I've got your back, bro. He has just wanted for so long something to, like, be a part of, and he just really believes what Murphy's fighting for and just really supports him. I've just wanted this for so long. Basically. Um, he's a good guy. So, anyway, so uh, the rebellion is well underway. Do you remember last episode they um, kicked off with the having the TV on and the nurse turned it off and they just yes. sat there mm-hmm. and watched the blank screen and um, she was there screaming at them. They were there, like, just watching the TV and Martin yep. was like, there's a moment to look in on this. I think they'd say we were all mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inclusive of Ratchet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, the rebellion is well underway. McMurphy continues to taunt and jibe at Nurse Ratchet, which the other uh, inmates think is uh, sure to get him sent up to the disturbed ward. Mm. However, Nurse Ratchet keeps him and keeps her cool. This rebellious streak lifts the other inmates. Um, they all gaggle around McMurphy as their brave leader. Gaggle around? Gather? I just feel like they gaggle, do you know what I mean? Like geese, they're a gaggle of geese. They are a gaggle of geese. Murphy. Um, so I was reading earlier a... Um, well done. I know. Thank you. Um, I think it was someone's dissertation that I found online. It's quite interesting. Mm. About um, I'm, I'm really interesting, guys. I'm, I'm really cool, I promise. Mm. Um, <laughs> about uh, the female characters in... T- uh, I keep wanting to call it just a mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, one flew over the cookie's nest. Because, you know, the female characters are not good. Mm-hmm. And they drew an interesting comparison about, um, yeah, how all the language around women is just negative or sexualized. All the language, not all language, but the language around men is so much more positive mm. and empowering. And there's a point a bit later on, which I don't really go into because um, it's during one of his rants and I just don't care. <laughs> um, where Bromden's going on about stuff. I mean, it is actually kind of, it's not, not relevant, but we haven't included it where he's just going off about you know, how he was mistreated and everything and how society basically was racist. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, when you're right, you're right. When you're right, you're right. And he's going on about his uh, grandmother telling him this story about this old woman who used to, like, catch all the chickens and how he's like, oh, I didn't like that old woman. I didn't like that story um, because, you know, like, uh, that was, like, powerful. That was wrong. That was bad. But I do like the goose and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He's a good guy. And the person with the, um, who'd be, you know, drawing the comparison yeah. that that would be a man who was, like, big and powerful. Yeah. Same situation, big and powerful. Mm-hmm. Woman does it wrong yeah. man does it right even though goose is the female of yeah the, um, and it's gander is yeah. the male so actually it would be a woman because the he, saying is what's good for the goose is good for the gander that's from a film or something i was like the saying is goosey goosey gander <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i thought that was interesting anyway so yeah uh, they all gaggle around him mm. Um, and Murphy is their brave leader, although they um, although they did rebel and watch the blank TV with him, he is still the main rebel, so he's the one who's like backing and supporting everyone. Mm. Um, the daily meetings have taken on a new lease of life since McMurphy got involved. Mm. In the group meetings, there were gripes coming up that had been buried so long, um, <gasps> the thing being griped about had already been changed. Now that McMurphy was around to back them up, the guys started letting fly at everything they had, that had ever happened on the ward they didn't like. Why does the dorms have to be locked on the weekends? Cheswick um, or somebody would ask. Can't a fellow even have the weekends to himself? Yeah, Miss Ratchet. No, sorry, you can't. You're in an institute. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. Miss yeah, Ratchet, Murphy would say. Why? If the dorms were left open, we have learned from past experiences, you men would return to bed after breakfast. Is that a mortal sin? I mean... It's not good for your mental health, guys. I mean, I agree that you... You should have um, a level of independence, but um, you're not in here because you're all doing so good. Literally. I mean, you basically paraphrase what Ratchet goes on to say. And it's like, <laughs> and so these ones, you're like, I know she is bad, but she's making some valid points. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The doctrine, I believe, that every minute spent in the company of others, with some exception, is therapeutic, while every minute spent brooding alone only increases your separation from society. I think the thing is, is that it's written, and we're meant to see these men as, um, not the right word, but normal men who don't have any issues and are therefore having their independence removed and they can't make their own choices but they're not, they're people who can't function and can't advocate for themselves. And so sometimes you do have to put a routine in. Also, 
a lot of these men can leave when they want. Oh, yeah. Harding can leave whenever Harding wants. Yeah, so literally, if you don't like it, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, I like the routine. Exactly! <laughs> so why do you want to change the routine? Oh, you make a solid point there. Make a solid See, point. I mean, again, I know she is bad. She has her problems. But she makes some goddamn good points. <laughs> but yeah, valid. Um... Is that the reason um, that there has to be at least eight guys together before they can be taken off the ward to OTP or PT or any one of them T's? So like operational Oh my things. god, because there's not enough staff. Yeah, that <laughs> is correct. You mean it's sick um, to want to be off by yourself? I didn't say that. You mean if I go into the latrine to relieve myself, I should take along at least seven buddies to keep me from brooding on the can? Before she can come up with an answer to that, Cheswick bounces to his feet and hollered at her, Yeah, is that what you mean? And the other acute sitting around the meeting would say, Yeah, yeah, is that what you mean? She would wait Oh my god, to... up their diazepam. Yeah. Their Valium. <laughs> They're just a lot. Um, no, you can't do that. That, that is bad. You that, can't is do that. Legal. <laughs> that is proper legal. That is proper legal, but they are annoying. Yeah. Um, she would wait till it all died down and then the meeting was quiet again and then say quietly, if you men can calm yourself enough to act like a group of adults at a discussion instead of children on the playground, we will ask the doctor if he thinks it would be beneficial to consider a change in the ward policy at this time. Doctor? Everybody knew the kind of answer the doctor would make. And before he had the chance, Cheswick would be off on another complaint. Then what about our cigarettes? I've, just, I've just realised who I picture the doctor being. Yeah. David Cameron. Because he gives a politician answer and then also like with the carnival and he's like, it'll be fine, it'll be good. Like Brexit. I was going to vote for Brexit. It'll be fine, it'll be good. Like really, fuck this. <laughs> he's David Cameron. He did fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, he is David Cameron. Yeah. I imagine him to be, um, oh, I don't know what the actor's name is. You know Rex in um, Toy Story? Yeah. Do you know what the actor he... looks like? No. I'm trying to think of something you'd have seen him in. Have you seen House Arrest? No. Have you seen The Haunted... This is really good content. Have you seen The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy? No. <laughs> it's pretty much all I know. <laughs> A bit like Peter Pettigrew. Okay, like yeah. Disney Peter Pettigrew. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I imagine him. Mm -hmm. That's actually a really good description of what this man looks like. Mm -hmm. I'm show you after two and I'm like, that is Disney Peter That is Pettigrew. Disney Peter. I wonder if everyone else has like got this and they're just listening like, yeah! <laughs> I hope so. Everyone listening and they like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> so he is the guy who plays Rex in um, Toy Story. Uh, yeah, look up that actor. Tell me he is not Disney Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> <laughs> we'll review afterwards on Instagram, yeah. guys. Right. So, yes, it's all fun and game until McMurphy went on kicking about until about Wednesday of the next week. Then he learned why the big nurse was so sure of her hand. Wednesday's the day they pack everybody up who hasn't got some kind of rot and move them to the swimming pool, whether we want to go or not. Some kind of rot? Ew! It's disgusting. Ew! I mean, also, good, very considerate. We don't want, like, you know, spread around athletes' foot or verrucas, guys. Mm. Um, Ew! The judgment is on you for having the verrucas. Well, I'm with judgments on the care team for not cleaning them up. Yeah. They are gross men. <laughs> they are gross men. Uh, so McMurphy was talking to the lifeguard, who was also a, a patient who was generally up on disturbed. McMurphy was saying how much better the hospital was. The lifeguard, well, lifeguard wasn't so sure. I heard him telling McMurphy that, for one thing, being com um, committed ain't like being sentenced. You're sentenced in jail and you've got a date ahead of you when you know you're going to be turned loose, he said. 
Murphy stopped splashing about um, like he had been. Splash, <laughs> splash, 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 splash. Yeah. splash, splash. <laughs> a doobie doobie doo. A water. A water. He swam slowly to the edge of the pool and held there, looking up at the lifeguard. And if you're committed, he asked after a pause. Sorry, Katie. And if you're committed? Splash, splash, splash. <laughs> like, splash, splash, splash. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> And if you're committed. <laughs> he just comes out like a little mermaid. Yeah, he stops yeah. doing his synchronised swimming techniques. Like, and if you're committed. And if you're committed. <laughs> like, uh, look, you are getting committed, McMurphy. You're getting weirded by the day. Here. You seem very strange to me. <laughs> Katie keeps singing this bit from... Must be the season of the wind. It's Lana Del Rey's version, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's very strange to me. <laughs> it's very strange. It's just me about life. Um, And if you're committed, he asked after a pause. The lifeguard raised his shoulders in a muscle-bound shrug and tugged at the whistle around his neck. Um, So he's like an ex-footballer and he keeps getting like sent up to Disturbed because so he got sent in because he kept beating people up and he got Mm. broken arm. Um, And he just keeps like lunging at nurses and like attacking them. So he keeps staying up on Disturbed because he's a bit fucked. Yeah, it's terrifying. I know, it's not good. Um, And he's swimming. This guy isn't. He's the lifeguard. Well, that doesn't sound great either. <laughs> that sounds worse than anything. Yeah, it's not great, is it? No. And also, he's just chatting to McMurphy. He is not protecting people from drowning. No. Guys. Yes. There's a lot wrong with this. But this is the thing. There's situations like this when you're like, no, this is actually really dangerous. No, you can't be doing this. And McMurphy's like, oh, I like this bit. Yeah, you're <laughs> This like, bit's nuts. You're weird. Yeah. There's a reason you're here. Yeah. Um, so he shrugged at McMurphy's question, um, then looked back and forth to see if any of the um, attendants were around and knelt close to the edge of the pool. He held his arm out for McMurphy to look at. You see this cast? McMurphy looked at the big arm. You don't have a cast on that arm, buddy. The lifeguard just grinned. Well, that that cast's on there because I got a bad fracture in the last game with the Browns. I can't get back in until the fracture knits and I get the cast off. The nurse on my ward tells me she's curing the arm in secret. Yeah, man. She says if I go easy on that arm, don't exert it or nothing, she'll take the cast off and I can get back with the ball club. He picks his knuckles on the wet tiles, um, went into a three-point stance to test how the arm was coming along. McMurphy watched him a minute, then asked how long he'd been waiting for them to tell him his arm was healed so he could leave the hospital. The lifeguard raised up slowly and rubbed his arm. He acted hurt that McMurphy had asked that, like he thought he was being accused of being soft and licking his wounds. I'm committed, he said. I'd have left here before now if it was up to me. Maybe I couldn't play first string with this bum arm, but I could have folded towels, couldn't I? I could have done something. That nurse on my ward, she keeps telling the doctor I ain't ready. Not even to fold towels in the crummy old locker room. I ain't ready. He turned and walked over to the lifeguard chair, climbed up the chair ladder like a drugged gorilla, and peered down at us, his lower lip pushed out. I was picked up for drug and disorderly, and I've been here eight years and eight months, he said. But Murphy pushed backward from the edge of the pool and trod water and um, thought this over. He had six months sentence um, at the work farm with two months finished, four months to go. And four months was the most he wanted to spend locked up any place. He'd been close to a month in, the nut- in this nut house and it might be a lot better than the work farm with good beds and orange juice for breakfast. But it wasn't better to the point that he wanted to spend a couple of years here. Yeah. So he's like... Mm. Ooh. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, she can real fuck with you, McMurphy. And that's why she ain't rising to anything, because she's like, it's just adding to your sentence, buddy. Yeah. Um, so McMurphy realises that um, that involuntary committed patients, such as himself, are at Nurse Ratchet's mercy. Um, she decides when they are fit to leave. So, by riling her up every day, he is, has been unknowingly been extending that sentence. Fuck. Yeah. And um, so the other guys, like, realise that something's off with McMurphy's, like acting like a lot quieter and a bit surly towards them so a bit like what's wrong what's wrong with him um but he doesn't say anything to them about it but yeah he's obviously quite pissed off because he's like i've been your fucking scapegoat and none of you guys fucking told me bastards bastards but he doesn't call them out on it or anything um but yeah he's pissed off um and yeah pretty annoying uh the next day he surprised everyone on the ward by getting up early and polishing the latrine till it sparkles. And I was trying to get back in her good books. And then went to work on the hall floors. And um, when the attendants asked him to, uh, surprised everybody but the big nurse. She acted like it was nothing surprising at all. And, our, and that afternoon in the meeting, when Cheswick said that everybody'd agree that there should be some kind of showdown on the cigarette situation, saying, I ain't no little kid to have cigarettes kept from me like cookies. We want something done about it. Ain't that right, Mac? And he waited for McMurphy to back him up. All he got was silence. He looked over at McMurphy's corner. Everybody did. But Murphy was there, studying the deck of cards that slid in and out of sight in his hands. He didn't even look up. It was awfully quiet. There was just a slap of greasy cards and Ooh. Cheswick's heavy breathing. Was he greasy? Because <laughs> he's sweaty and gross. <clears throat> well, this is disgusting and sticky. But yeah, so this really hurts Cheswick. Yeah. Um, who's always backed McMurphy up. So he's feeling pretty betrayed right now because this is like the first time people have ever, ever listened to him in his life as well. So he's been really like getting riled up at mm. taking this role in the meeting and having McMurphy be like, yeah, you go, Cheswick. And so to have that taken away, he's like, oh. That's all I had. That's all I had going for me. So... He gets himself um, all worked up, demanding someone, anyone to support him. But the other man, Kara, out of sight um, with McMurphy's silence, and Cheswick is dragged off of by sheep. the... A bunch of sheep? A bunch of sheep? Look at you with the face of sheep. <laughs> um, and he's dragged off by the attendants um, up to Disturbed. Cheswick? Fuck! Oh, how does McMurphy feel about that? It's he doesn't, doesn't care! Doesn't seem to. Oh! Uh, then, one more. Cheswick! <gasps> no. Okay, carry on, but I'm not happy about it. Wait for it. Then one morning, all the acutes know too, know his real reason for backing down and the reason they've been making up were just lies to kid themselves. So they've been saying that McMurphy's just biding his time, he's going to mm. like come up with a big one, he's not really, you know, conforming, he's just waiting. But it settles in one morning. He never says a thing about the talk he had with the lifeguard, but they know. I figure the nurse broadcast this during the night along um, all the little lines in the dorm floor. Yeah, it's just, it's one of them. Um, Bromden's mental moments. Does he have like a gossip hour? <laughs> no, he just thinks there's wires and all the walls and they're all listening to him all the time because he's ill. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I don't know if you've got this, but these men are very mentally ill. And it goes on for like 15 pages of being like, and then I sunk through the walls and then the wires ate me. And you're like, okay, Jesus. Bromden. <laughs> Jesus. And you're like, yeah, but you're not crazy at all. Yeah, yeah, you're completely sane. I just have to say something. Mm. So I took a cushion off the sofa so I could sit on the floor comfortably. Katie is choosing to sit on the one bit of the sofa without the cushion. I've got cushion. That bit's too high otherwise. Oh, okay. As long as there's a reason, that's fine. I was like, Katie, you're allowed to sit on a cushion. No. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, no, it's just too high otherwise, that bit. A little low. So not looking like they're mad with him or even disappointed but because they can understand as well as i can that the only um, way he's getting he's going to get the big nurse to lift his commitment is by acting like she wants but still looking at him like they wish things um didn't have to be this way 
Even Cheswick could understand it and didn't hold anything against McMurphy, nor for going ahead and making a big fuss over the cigarettes. He came down from, um, he came back down from disturbed on the same day the nurse broadcast the information to the beds hmm. mm. and told McMurphy himself that he could understand how he acted and that it was surely the sharpest thing to do, consider, uh, considering, and that if he'd thought about Mac being committed, he'd never have put him on the spot like he had the other day. He told McMurphy uh, this while we were being taken over sorry, to the Sorry, Mac is pool. McMurphy? Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Um, but just as soon as we got to the pool, he said he did wish something might have been done and dove into the water and got his fingers stuck some way in the grate that's over the drain at the bottom of the pool. And neither the big lifeguard, nor McMurphy, nor the attendants could pry him loose. And by the time they got a screwdriver and undid the grate and brought Cheswick up, with the grate still clutched by his chubby pink and blue fingers, he was drowned. Well, that was a fucking lot. Did he do it on purpose? Yeah. So what a weird way to go. So yeah, after realising that he didn't have Mark Murphy's backing anymore, he went and dived and dug his hands in so they got all broken and tangled in the grate and drowned himself. I mean, I'll give it to him. That is creative. That is a nasty way to go. Nasty way to go, though. Uh, poor but, Cheswick. Poor Cheswick. I will say, that's not one hondo on you, McMurphy. Like, you know, that that was one trouble kit. Um, fucking hell, that escalated. You say you don't want to hang out one time. I know. <laughs> but, so this is why we're people pleasers. So obviously, I don't like McMurphy, and I do not agree with the whole tragic um, anti-hero angle. I don't. But it's moments like this where you're like, it starts to come in because at this point, mm. he's like, these men have a lot riding on me. It's not just about me anymore. And so he goes back to his rebellious ways because he realizes how much they're all relying on him. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than me. Men and their hubris. Maybe he just mm. really didn't like Disturbed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, wow. It's not all about you, McMurphy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Cheswick died. It's about Chiswick. Yeah. Cheswick losing faith in me. Okay, you got fine. Well, Millie, you can't have a conversation with Bad because he's dead. <laughs> maybe if you so can... dramatic. Maybe if you all used your mouth for it, it's a little bit more like the nurse keeps telling you now. I know, maybe if you spoke about your issues in morning therapy, the morning meeting, instead of just being like, why can't we roam free and, you know... Smoke when we want, bitches. Yeah, like... Tell me about your father. (laughs) But the problem is, Harding, a lot of your issues do stem from the fact that you can't satisfy your wife. So let's talk about it! Let's hash it out! Do you know... About the clitoris. Yeah, like... <laughs> the waterus? The waterus? The walrus? I think so. The hippopotamus? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Anyway, so Mission Rebellion is back on, kids. So, with McMurphy back in full rebellion mode, the other men follow Woo! Sorry. Woo! I, but I do like his quips. <laughs> he, he was fun. I'm back, baby, I'm back. Bitch, I'm back. Uh, the war becomes a less ordered but generally happier mm. place for the patients. Mm. Um, of course, with a healthy dose of problematic views towards the nurses and women grown um, in general thrown in, of course. Of course, of course, Because uh, men can't seem to have a good time unless they're being sexist. I mean, otherwise, why they not so much? Yep. Um, anyway, the order and control um, Ratchet had is dissolving. The men are playing football in the corridors. McMurphy <gasps> is teaching them baseball. The list goes on. It's, it's pandemonium. What are they using for baseball? What's it take their balls away? I don't know. They just keep seem to get stuff like... I mean, I suppose you could ball up a shirt. Yeah, and like stuff like that. And Do you know what they should play? Quite annoying. What? Have you seen when people play um, tennis on the tube? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 going long. <laughs> I did see a funny one the other day. You know when people take their shoes off in public and it's gross? 
Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't bother me that much. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, it's too dark. I dropped a book on my foot this morning, and because I'm not gross, I couldn't look at it during the day. Um, Has your toenail gone blue? No, that's nail varnish. It was here. No, there's no bruise. It just reminded me. Carry on. This is so good. Um, Disappointing. Yeah, I I mean, I've got got enough bruises and injuries. I feel like I'm doing okay without having a bruised foot too. I've got like... But it's having the mark to show for the pain, because you already went through the pain. Oh, yeah. I I did sound like mum when I shattered. (laughs) Ow! (laughs) Very loudly this morning. Yeah, I've got a burn on my arm at the moment, guys, that is... Five inches? I was going to say, yeah, good five inches. Five it's inches It's gnarly burn. It's gnarly. Yeah. It's good. Oh, yeah, the thing I was going to say, um, but yeah, some, I saw a video, someone took their shoe off on the train, mm-hmm. on the tube, and someone like just played football with it out of the train and just kicked their shoe away. <laughs> and then the train like closed and went off, and I was like, that funny. is really funny. Yeah. Oh, my God, that would be annoying. It'd be really annoying. But, yeah, you shouldn't take your shoes off on public transport. No, you shouldn't. That's the bare minimum. People will take them. And now you've got bare feet. Yeah. Learn from this. <laughs> you won't do it again, will you? Or somewhere of like, for fuck's sake, but that for fuck's sake, but when you know you're in the wrong, just like, annoying. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> what was it? We were doing um, a basic life support training today, and we were talking about what to do when someone's choking. And um, he was saying, like, if they're standing up and you're doing like the back smacks mm. um like put an arm in front of them otherwise you're just oh, gonna yeah. send them across the room and uh, <laughs> and i was like well they won't do it again will they <laughs> they won't <laughs> stop choking your dick <laughs> i mean they say with babies that chances like will probably break their ribs yeah it's pretty gross we it? didn't do choking for babies we did cpr in an old people's home but we did cpr for babies it was part of it do you know what you do for a baby that's choking Get a new one. You lie it on your forearm. Yeah. Like um, so your hand is like kind of supporting its like chest and like yeah. um, chin area. So you're holding it so like gravity is like working down on it and you're smacking it like that. That's really good for an audio platform. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of um, smack, smack its back with it resting face it, down across your arm yeah. and your hand. And you're smacking like its back and upwards almost. Yeah. So it's like pushing it up. That's disgusting. But yeah, that's what I do. your hand's kind of meant to be like supporting its chin so that your hand is like around its mouth holding it open so that it's just You look like you're about to like grossing when people mind going down on people. Yeah, it's kind of what we meant to look like with a baby. Um, Such a perv. Yeah, and like slightly angled down so the, the gravity's on it. You need the angle. The ing- Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I was going to say... Don't um, do it like it's holding up. Like, why am I coming out? <laughs> just comes out and goes back in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that reminded me. Did I tell you about the person um, I knew who worked in a lab like years ago and had how she killed the test rats when they're done with them? Oh no. So what? you hold the tail in your hand oh, and you have the rat going up your no. forearm and then you flick it so the back of its neck hits like the side of the counter and it breaks its neck. What did she, you misjudge? Well, she was like, this sounds so bizarre, but she was like, um, if uh, you flinched, the rat would sink its teeth into your arm. So you had to be like really quick and confident with it. And like, yeah, if you misjudged. And so I'm just kind of like, wouldn't it be kind of just and safer to put a fucking hammer to its head? Yeah. Like. With a fucking knife. <laughs> Stop. Oh, no, I don't want to go for chopping its head off. Like, just coming in with a knife, like, come on, Mr. Ray. Let's see what you've got then. I'll shiv you up, mate. It's you and me now, Mr. Ray. Come on then. Come on, <laughs> just, you fuck. <laughs> just walking into work and you're like, I've right, got to put those rats down. Come on, you fuck. <laughs> I'll take the lions. <laughs> Mr. 
Harrison. That is not how we decapitate the rats. The rats, how do you do it? You flick them on the side like this. I don't think it sounds that much more sane. They are the same. And like, I like said to her, I was like, this sounds made up. This sounds yeah, stupid and ridiculous. And she's like, that's what we did. My, um... My partner works in um, in labs, not in the ah, kind sorry, that's... not in the kind that has animals in it. Yeah. But he does. There are labs like that where he works, and he mm. went over there a while ago. I'm going to ask him what he knows about this sort of I thing. I doubt they do it anymore. Oh, was this like a long time ago? Oh yeah, this would have been like. Well, I don't want to be rude about this lady's age, <laughs> but I'm going to say the most recently 80s, probably pre. Oh, everything weird was going on in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just... Weird. That's... Stabby. <laughs> Come on, you fucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the job you give to the new apprentice. Can you just go put the rats down? Oh, how do I do that? Oh, there's a knife in the drawer. <laughs> you and me, rats. <laughs> Let's be having you. Just like, let them all out. Are you sure? Let them have it. <laughs> before you leave on a Friday. Oh, we've got to go stab the rats. This job is weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes they get smarter during the week. Sometimes they like, you know, they find like a toothpick and they sharpen it up and they come at you with their own little shifts. <laughs> and then we all like stand around the edge like, you know, it's like a gladiator fight. <laughs> and the head scientist, you know, gives you the thumbs up or the thumbs down. We've lost many lab techs. <laughs> This is how it happens, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is barbaric. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, obviously we're being fantastical, but then I like, keep coming back to what actually happened. Like, <laughs> it's still kind of in the same ballpark, I The thing is, people would fuck up, because that's quite a specific thing. I know that's skillful. Yeah. And so you have to hold, like, you know when you hang someone, obviously you know very well. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, the rope has to be like, you know, captured with weight length. in order to break their neck. So yeah. you have to be holding their tail at a certain point so that they connect with the side of the um, desk or whatever. You're just going to end up swinging that thing and just smashing its face in. You kill... <sighs> oh, it's like a farm animal. Well, you Is kill it... ducks and, uh, and um, birds by wringing their neck and like... Yeah, do I think it might be... Baby piglets or something. You grab them by the back legs and smack them into the wall. Or baby... Or lambs. It's something like that. <laughs> I know someone who's studying to be a vet and she was <laughs> doing like... me. And she was doing like, yeah, her farmyard studying. And she's very, very small. And whatever it was, she was saying like, yeah, that's how you kill it. It's the quickest way. And obviously... You don't have to, like, you know, fuck around administering drugs or anything, so it's less stressful, but you have to be strong and you have to be quick enough. And she's tiny, and she was like, obviously, you know, if I do it, it's going to be very stressful for everyone. But, yeah, it's it might be both, but I've got a piglet in my head. <sighs> I know what I'm saying. I said next time someone tells me they want to be a vet. Yeah! I mean, like, this is what I do say to students sometimes when they are, do come in and, like, you know what that job entails? It's... I do have to say, if you've ever seen a dog be put down, have you dealt with that? Because that's what it's going to be. And yeah. I'm like, I've got a horror story for you. Picture this. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
they're going to go to me and be like, that's not how it works. And now, and I'll be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was recently the oh, vet okay. student. Vet students recently. Um, she's still studying. Uh, what was I going to say? So yeah, nice. I went out with a vet nurse and he was pro Grand National. So, you know, enough said. Like, can. Yeah, like, didn't. I don't think he really loved animals. No, but that's not to say that that's the case for all vet nurses. I know many vet nurses that do really love animals. Oh, yeah. Sure but it is do. the case for all people that are pro the Grand National. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it comes down to, I mean, we can really get back to the story, but, you know, it's the whole thing of, like, obviously I completely agree that we should be supporting Ukraine, but it's interesting that we have so much support for a country that's largely white and not so much for the other refugees mm-hmm. from places where they're not so white. It's interesting, that. Um, and I think that's a lot of, like, you know, Oh, I really love dogs. I really love cats. They're so wonderful. But you know, I would shoot. I, I would go out and hunt p- um, pigs, and you know, I would. Like, I would smack a piglet on a wall. I would smack a piglet on a wall. Um, well, that I can understand because it's the quickest, humanest yeah. way to do it. It's ill. Um, still horrific, but damn, I understand mm. it. But you know, like I don't know, but I would like you know hunt a fox to the point of exhaustion, and you mm. know make it die of actual overexhaustion. Mm-hmm. I would do that. I think that's fine. You're like, no, you're fucked. You're fucked. You are you're fucked. fucked. I think it's. I think it's animal racism. Yeah, it's clapped. Oh, I think it is animal propaganda. No, no, no the, the the Grand National is clopped because it's. <laughs> I was like, God, why don't I have any coconuts? <laughs> I need some coconuts here. Anyway, so back to the story after that one. Now then, to really rile up the control, McMurphy organises a fishing trip for some of the men. What? Yeah. Internally, surely. Well, there ain't no boats in the fucking uh, place. hospital. It's like, <laughs> not prison, but that's the word that's coming. I was like, in the in the port. port. Well, they are at the port, but they're yeah, not at the port. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he does this all above board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing um, Nurse Ratchet would obviously not allow this because you know she's such a bitch and definitely isn't doing it for everyone's literal safety when you know there's a bunch of fucking rapists in there. So, bunch of. <clears throat> And also you'd have to leave to go on a fishing trip. Yeah. So it's not just the fact, like, where do you think the budget is coming from? Oh, so he gets um, every, all the men, so there's 10 men um, doing it, uh, and he gets them all to, like, chip in £10 and whatnot. I don't give a fuck, mate. Yeah. Sorry. They do, there is so much on it about him getting the money from people, and it's like, I don't care. Sorry, I love it. Like, where's the money? It's here. I don't give a fuck. Then why did you ask? Because I really didn't think you'd have the money. <laughs> He did think about where to get the money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they have the money. Uh, but yeah, he does this all totally above board. Nah. Uh, knowing Nurse Ratchet would never allow this, um, he asks the doctor. We all know that trick. If mum says no, just yeah. go straight to dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dad said your dad's an idiot. Oh, fuck. knows nothing. <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> you know mum? <laughs> I've, I've met her. <laughs> She was doing more paintings and then dad wanted to get her some frames for, I think it was her birthday, so she could like put them up in the house. Um, did I say about the conversation? I don't think so. so. I know that she has the frames behind the paintings and hasn't put the paintings in them. I put the paintings in them but then she decided it wasn't good enough. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically the frames are slightly too small for yeah. the paintings, uh, but they're just on like watercolour paper. So um uh, we were talking about how we could do it and everything. And then dad was sort of saying, well, you know, um, do we need to return them? Or maybe we could trim them or perhaps what you could do. And she went, oh, what do you know? <laughs> oh, 
tried to help and I got her the present. Because at first, before she realised they were too small, she was like, thank you so much. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's really great. Oh, they're a bit small. Well, what about, well, what do you know? It's a lot. It's a lot. And I now can't remember what made me think of that. <laughs> Mum and dad being crazy. Being crazies. Anyway, so a group of 10 men, um, 10 of them, plan this fishing trip. Bromden's one of them. Mm -hmm. um, McMurphy has asked an old friend um, on the outside to come and pick them up. Um, and the doctor... Oh, yeah, so the doctor ends up going too because he originally asks for two uh, two old friends to come pick them up. But, yeah, the old friend McMurphy um, is talking about is a sex worker called Candy. And do you know what her sex worker friend is called? Kane? Sandy. Okay. Mm, that's nice. Candy and Sandy. Yeah, they're not taking a load of um, patients with them. Um, so the day of the trip comes. Two horrors on their way down from Portland to take us deep sea fishing in a boat. It made it tough to stay in bed until the dorm lights came out at 6.30. This isn't happening, right. you deluded <clears throat> fuck. It's all been signed off. It's allowed. They've got their two cars hired for the men. They've um, pre-booked the boat. They're going. It's all booked out. What member of staff is going with them? So at this point, no member of staff. Just what? <laughs> What's wrong with this doctor? He's insane and stupid and he just fancies McMurphy. <laughs> so anyway, one of the sex workers, uh, sex workers, has sex wickers, sex wickers, um, had the audacity to go and get married. So it's just Candy now who's come to take them out. So she comes up into the ward um, to see, to pick them up. She had on a white t-shirt like McMurphy's, only a lot smaller. White tennis shoes and Levi pants snipped up above her knees. Nice. <laughs> Fuck ugly look there, sunshine. That's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> I literally go on to be like, we don't judge her by her looks, but... Sweet fucking jeans out. Fucking pedal pushers. I'm judging your um, knee-length fucking denim shorts. Yeah. I'm judging those. I'm so judging those. It's also the fact she meant to be painting the sexy light, like... Yeah. Kenzie. And not Ken yeah, Kesey. You I was literally nothing. like, objectifying, objectifying. Sweet fucking outfit, out of. And as you're reading this, I was like... That was a bad outfit. <laughs> <laughs> um... Levi snipped off above her knees to give her feet circulation. It didn't look like there was near enough material to go round, considering what it had to cover. <laughs> she must have been seen with lots less by lots more men, but under the circumstances, she began to fidget around self-consciously like a schoolgirl on a stage. So is this what you get because you've got big ankles that you have to cut the bottoms of your jeans off? So that's <laughs> <laughs> It's going to fit the rest of your legs. Your legs getting slimmer. Oh, is this what it's like for other people? <laughs> it's just, they're very tight and um, I don't think they... I don't, I don't think Kesey understands enough about women to understand that their circulation works the same as men's. <laughs> and, or has just never worn form-fitting clothing and understands that, you know... I mean, if okay. he thinks that she has to cut her jeans off so circulation can get around, my God, when, he, he when no, did he die? He, I think it's like 2001. Would he have seen the emos? The emos might have been starting. Maybe that's what killed him. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe he was like, <laughs> I want to wear the skinny jeans. Oh, no! Just took one look out his window. Oh, fuck! Oh, yeah, he saw the girls in their skinny drainpipe jeans. and was like, I can't handle I it! I can't do it! Nobody spoke while they looked. Gross. Martini, one of the other guys, did whisper that you could read the dates of the coins in her Levi pockets. They were so tight. But he was closer and could see better than the rest of us. It was so gross. It is gross. I mean, that is a good line, but it's gross. <laughs> Billy Bibbit was the first one um, to say something out loud. Not really a word, just a low, almost painful whistle that yeah. described how she looked better than any anybody else could have said. Um, 
Mr. Like, Ew. You're right. You're right. <laughs> this is where it's gross because, yeah, imagine being stood in a mental institute surrounded by all these guys gawking at you and one of them just goes, I shit. And this is, this is her reaction. She laughed and thanked him very much and he blushed so red that she blushed with him and laughed again. <laughs> Thank you. No. No, so no woman women ever. by men. It's so gross. Um, so this broke um, things into movement. All the acutes um, were coming across the floor to try and talk to her at once. Gross. Uh, the doctor was pulling on Harding's coat, asking who this is. Who is this? Um, McMurphy got up out of his chair and walked through the crowd to her. And when she saw him, she threw her arms around him and said, you dare McMurphy, and then got embarrassed and blushed again. When she blushed, she didn't um, look more than 16 or 17. Disgusting. Okay, now I'm questioning whether she is more than 16 or 17. Probably not. Guys. Yeah. This is so inappropriate. It's so fucked, isn't it? It's disgusting. So, um, yeah, they, they, because the other prostitute, they called the prostitute, the other sex worker didn't come along because she, she had the audacity to go and get married. Mm. Um, they're now a car down. So this is where the doctor's now like, oh, I'll come along with you and, you know, chaperone the whole trip. And it's like, at this point, you think they should have a chaperone? I, I'm literally <laughs> at a loss for words. It's I know bizarre. it's the 50s? 60s. But come the fuck along. And it's, and you know, no disrespect to sex workers, but it's not like, you know, they're being taken out by qualified professionals of the correct ilk for that sort of role. Do you know how much paperwork is needed in staff members to take adults out that are mentally compromised? Yeah. A lot! Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, Where are their respect forms? Who has DNAs? And DNRs. I was like, who's got DNA? But probably most got of DNA. Them. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hopefully most. Hope DNRs. So. Hmm? I was like, I hope they have DNA. Mm, hope so. Like, kind of a fabric of your human being. <laughs> so yeah, it's gross. Um, so the doctor arrived, um, loaded up, and I'm um, headed off. Me, George, and Harding, and Billy Bibbit in the car with McMurphy and the girl Candy, <coughs> and Fredrickson, Selfie, and Scanlon, and Martini and Tandem, and Gregory following in the doctor's car. Everyone I'm just saying a load of words. Quiet. I know. <laughs> It's like that bit in The Simpsons, like, here comes Cletus and feed us. <laughs> and beat us and weed us. Yeah. Basically. Anyway, the men are all awkward while McMurphy is getting the boat when they get to their destination. Oh, this bit's just annoying. So Candy um, has no characterization. And there's a so bit does Ratchet know this is happening? Yeah, but the doctor's authorised it, so she, like, she's, she runs the ward but doesn't run the ward. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's been allowed to slip through. She's, like, tried everything to stop it, but, you know, it was 200 pages of back and forth and, you know, mm. one of the men crying because he doesn't like dirt. <laughs> it's, like, one of those moments where, like, you know, the naughty kid in school is, like, you know, the teacher that keeps, like, blocking them doing things is, like, you're ruining everything. You don't care about me. And you're, like, I am the only one that cares about you because no one else gives a fuck about what you do because they don't care what happens to you. I am the only one that gives a yeah. shit, actually. Actually. Yeah. So I want you to take that attitude and shove it up your ass. <laughs> your attitude's awfully shitty. <laughs> your attitude's awfully shit. <laughs> Accurate. Um, but yeah, so there's this point where um, they're waiting for McMurphy um, when he's in the boathouse. And this guy's like catcalling Candy and making her feel uncomfortable. And she kind of looks over at the um, the inmates to be like, are you going to stand up for me? And they all just kind of like awkwardly like shift their gaze because they don't know how to. And they're all like awkward. So a guy who's not part of their group. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she kind of walks away. None of them go after her. And you're like, 
before I just want to be surrounded by creeps anyway. Um, but then this other guy's being like, oh, come on, babes, leave the, leave the weirdos, come join a real man, ride this dick and everything. And it's like, the way it's written, it's all like, you could see she was considering it. And you're like, did no woman ever, like. No woman ever, babes, like, leave the weirdos. I mean, you got a point there. <laughs> I mean, that's valid, but you're also weird. Yeah, exactly. That's why she's considering, like, they are weirdos, but you're not much better. Yeah, but it's just like, oh, it's so bad. Huh. Um, but yeah, until Murphy comes back um, and the boat, and they all get on the boat and off they go. A sudden turn of the boat had thrown Candy to her knees, giggity, um, <laughs> and Billy was helping her up and trying to apologise for the way he'd acted on the dock at the same time. Uh, McMurphy came down from the bridge and asked if the two of them would like to be alone so they could talk over old times, giggity. And Candy... Sorry. Whether her and Billy would like to be alone. Yeah. Do they have old times? Have they met before? No, but he's like making jokes, basically. Like, you guys want to go have oh, some right. alone time? You know, yeah. talk over old times. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and Candy looked at Billy like, you wanna? And, um, and Billy, at Billy, and all he could do was shake his head and stutter. McMurphy said in that case that he and Candy better go below deck and check for leaks and the rest of us could make do for a while. Ew. Ew! So gross. Again, where's the fucking doctor? He's fishing. <laughs> fucking dick. dum de dum de dum I caught a fisher! So he stood at the door down to the cabin and saluted and winked and appointed George Captain... Did you say he took the daughter down to the cabin? Door down. Oh, okay, right, yeah, cool, carry um, on. And Harding, second in command, said, carry on, mates, and followed the girl out of sight into the cabin. The wind lay down and the sun got higher, um, chrome plating the east side of the deep green swells. George gave the boat straight out to sea, full throttle, putting the docks and the bait shop farther and farther behind us. When we passed the last point of the jetty and the last black rock, I could feel a great calmness creep over me, a calmness that increased the further we left the land behind us. So I had a nice time. I'm furious. <laughs> so I had a real protective bit when you were like, they went into like the cabin. I was like, no, Candy, don't go with them. Fuck's sake. She likes him. <sighs> she's badly written. I was going to say, yeah, because she's written that way. She's done, she's done. She wouldn't. He's in a, she's a baby. She's probably like 15. On a boat That these... doctor has got underage juices on his hands. He does. Better not. <laughs> basically does yeah. um, so anyway they all head out on this trip have a wonderful successful time for them if you're them but not if you're anyone else mm. um, and all of a good time Billy Bibbit, the, the young man with the stammer is completely infatuated with Candy of course and so upon their return Merc Murphy cooks up a little plan mm. so McMurphy is planning to throw a little party one night inviting Candy and a friend party. over a party what a party I'm going to Finding Nemo I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, get a to- party. Yeah, a party, that's it. That's so creepy. Yeah, we're going to have a little party. Why trust a rapist? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I know. Did McMurphy ever know his father? Oh, did he? Yeah. Did he knows. Probably not. Probably not. Why trust a rapist? Just Cheswick there. Like, he never knew his father. <laughs> yeah. A little chum for Billy. <laughs> candy, like... <laughs> Poor Candy. Yeah. I swear her only line is, that damn Big Murphy. Like, of course, so... why would she have more? It's so cringe. Mm. So yeah, 
McMurphy is planning to throw a little party one night. <laughs> um, invites Candy and a friend over and gives um, to give Billy Bibbit the chance to lose his virginity. The only way to make a man out of him. So basically, they're planning this party, and I just picture McMurphy being like, "Let's get down to business <laughs> to get Billy laid." laid. <laughs> Here I have some sex workers. <laughs> Though I'll call them whores. Here I have some sex workers. I don't know how they'll get paid. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not getting paid. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just there for the good party and vibes and, you know, the great company. There's like, oh my God. There's no good what, company here. <laughs> I can't remember. It's like a thing. They're like, um, teenage boys being like, yeah, I swear it's an in between us. Sorry, Marsha, stop being having like such fragmented thoughts. Um, uh, where he's like, uh, Jay is like, yeah, I had sex with a prostitute. You paid for sex? No, because it was so good. Um, she said she wouldn't take my money. No, <laughs> That's like, like a thing. Like, like, yeah, I invited some horrors back, but you know, um, by the end of it, they wanted to pay me. <laughs> I um and they fucking didn't. I had a boy set to me when I was um, like when I used to get the bus to college, and he literally was like, "I lost my virginity when I was fourteen um, to like a prostitute, but she but she didn't um, accept, but she wouldn't let me pay her." I was just like, "What? Because she raped you? Because you're a child? <laughs> she raped you? Because you're yeah. so good yeah. at fourteen? Yeah. Like you know, I'm just like that's embarrassing." <sighs> What's wrong with men? Why are they always just chatting embarrassed? Like, if you're going to lie, lie about cool shit. At least say good shit. Like, you know, did you know that frogs taste like sweet? (laughs) Oh, interesting. It's a better lie. I mean, what what does the conversation go from someone saying that to you? Like, when they're trying to impress you, just they're like... They are from a different planet, aren't they? Like, what part of you thought I would hear that? I'd be like, he thought he had to pay for it, but then didn't. I know. It's just like... (laughs) Just make that noise. Do I still have to talk to you? Just there, like, it's not really anything to say from that, is there? So do you want to go out? No. No. Why don't you go with one of your um, sex workers that obviously really vibed you? Before that conversation, I did um, go to the cinema with him one time. We went to go see Fast and Furious because he insisted and he cried. I was like... <sighs> He's so embarrassing. You were meant to be impressing me. Cause you, yeah. There's something wrong with... He's a dad now. That's that's disgusting. No. That, uh, I keep... <laughs> Okay, guys, if you're not already following, la la la, let me explain. Oh my god. <sighs> so, la la is like an online agony aunt. <laughs> and it, gets, it sometimes gets some really sad stories or, you know, things that, you know, are like genuine debates and stuff. Yeah, and it's a look at, like, often dating and, yeah, you know, the world the of, like, world. technology and whatever. Dating apps and dating app etiquette. And this lady wrote into him the other day saying how um, she'd been talking to this guy, she'd gone on a, date, on a date with him, they've hit it off really well, they've been sexting a bit, and, um, so, you know, we're planning to meet up again. And he told her 
but he had like a chronically large penis to the point where it caused like you know problems during sex for him and he couldn't get fully hard couldn't get fully hard so he had all these problems and it was a real issue for him like you know self-confidence issue because it was just so big and so she was like that's okay you know we can work with that thank you for telling me I appreciate your honesty and so they met up the next time you know she packed lube and everything to get down to business and so we're getting down to it and he whipped it out and it was tiny. <laughs> like, she was like... Not even a grower. Two inches flaccid, four inches around. At best. At best. And you're just like... And she was like, which isn't, like, the worst, but it's just... It's not 12, is it? Yeah. But why lie? And, like, he just didn't say or got, comment didn't on it. Or not acknowledge it. And she's just like... I don't... Did you mean 12 centimetres, yeah. sweetie? Boy math. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but what is that? Am I okay? Like... And the thing is, everyone's got such wild stories about... Okay, I was sort of thinking about this the other day when I had bad breath. <laughs> and it ties in. So, um... What do you mean the other day? <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't even remember really how I knew him. But there was this guy when I was a teenager and he must have like been hanging out with similar like friends. And I think he was quite funny but he was not my type at all but i think we were watching like a movie or something at his and um he didn't have like his arm around me or anything because again not that vibe yeah. and i think i told him and um he just turned to me again this is great for like an audio thing like right next to me and then just like poked his tongue out and waggled it from side to side like dead eyeing me like this <laughs> his tongue smelt i was just like but why is that your move it's not a good move. It's not a good move. Like, uh, and he did try and kiss me. He just waggled his tongue and then went back to watching the film. Now I wonder if he's a bit autistic. I was say, maybe he's just a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was that's, very odd. That's very weird. I remember but... him also getting like, um, I went, uh, I saw him like with one of my friends first. He must be like friends with the group or something. I can't remember. Um, but we went round there and. Um, he we were having lunch and he was having like some chicken and there was like a burnt bit on it and um he ate the burnt bit and then he got really upset that he'd eaten a cancerous bit because all burnt things give you cancer sorry what boy math boy math (laughs) (laughs) so he always come out with such bizarre shit so have you seen into the shadow what we do in the shadow yeah it just made me think of that bit like when they're talking about why they um drink prefer virgin blood and it's like I think of it like a sandwich. If you were to eat a sandwich, you would rather someone hadn't fucked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like Okay, fair. <laughs> and it was valid. <laughs> I would rather someone hadn't fucked it. <laughs> I said, I, I would. Yeah. You would rather it if someone hadn't fucked it. <laughs> accurate, accurate. It's <laughs> a good moment. Yeah, anyway. Back, so maybe that made you think of it because that guy's probably still a virgin. I've no idea. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's gonna make a man out of Billy Bibbit by getting him laid. Mm. So Murphy bribes the night guard, um, who actually, um, obviously, it, it's you're not being a good guy to allow a party to go on on your watch. That's you know, having sex workers come into vulnerable places, vulnerable people having alcohol with very vulnerable people, and getting drunk yourself is not good practice. But in terms of the story, he's a good guy. <laughs> Again, because in the story they are normal guys who are having like you know their rights and independence curtailed. But they're not. They're not. I know that's the reality of it. No, but 
Casey understands they're real. He has written, but it's still like, but the ill men still have more rights than not ill women. Like, okay. Sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, no, because it would be like a massive, like, clusterfuck. But Casey, go run a psych ward for one day. He's like, I worked on one. Yeah, and you were practicing psychedelic drugs and then participating oh, yeah. in all the drug trials at the time. I don't think your opinions are particularly valid. They're fucking not. Yeah. Do I mean, it today. I mean, he's dead, so, you know, like, he's selfish. Mean, there is a lot of relevant stuff about the maltreatment. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. You can't be raping your patients. But you know what you can also not be doing? You cannot be having your heroes. Mm. Be child rapists. No, you can't really have that either. You can't have it both ways, okay? No, you can't. Okay? Okay? Okay. Okay, then. So, <laughs> back to the party. Um, so, yeah, they um, they convince the night warden to basically help them out. Um, so mm. they wait till everyone else has gone to bed. Then they go out and, like, they're sitting out, out in the main room waiting for the um, sex workers to arrive, smoking um, and just having a chit-chat. Um, he's, like, hanging out with them. His name's Turkle. Um, just a fun name. Yeah, Isn't that in Scrubs for um, Dr. Kelso because he doesn't know Turk's name and he thinks he's called Turk Turkleton or something? Turk Turkleton. Like, he's like, I think my name's Turk Turkleton. <laughs> I think my name's Turk Turkleton. <laughs> or Turtleton or something. Like, yeah. yes, is it not? <laughs> You're a turtle, are you not? Yeah. No. What? <laughs> Alright, so. No sooner did they have the ward lit up like full daylight than there, there came a tapping at the window. McMurphy ran to, um, ran to the window to put his face to it, cupping his hands on each side so he could see. He drew back and grinned at us. She walks like beauty in the night, he said. He took Billy by the wrist and dragged him to the window. Let her in, Turkle. Let this mad stud at her. Look, McMurphy, wait. Billy was walking like a mule. Don't you McMurphy me, Billy boy. It's too late to back out now. You'll pull through. I'll tell you what. I got five dollars. Here says you burn that woman down, all right? Open the window, Turkle. Burn mm. that woman down? Just, you know, and fuck, and fuck the legs off of her. Oh, your it. sexy talk's awfully violent. <laughs> your sexy talk's awfully dry. <laughs> yeah. I feel like sandpapery, you know? Yeah, yeah. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> and also uh before i got that bit kind of like um uh, i don't know railroaded me um uh is this kind of like sexual assault for billy well you do have to wonder a little bit on his like uh, get, it does sound like he's been coerced <clears throat> into it yeah you damn McMurphy says Candy as she gets in and tried to um and tried so wild to throw her arms around him that she came near to breaking the bottle she had um she held by the neck in each hand. She was weaving about quite a bit and her hair was falling out of the hairdo she had piled up on top of her head. She's pissed. I thought she looked better when it swung at the back like she'd worn it on the fishing trip. She gestured at the other girl with the bottle as she came through the window. No one gives a fuck what you think, Bromden, about how she looks. Yeah, no one does give a fuck. Like no. No one fucking. No one asked Bromden. What was it? Um, your boyfriend, haha. Oh, he asked when he, when, when am I stop, little, little, little words. He asked when am I going to stop uh, calling him the new boyfriend. Uh, not yet. Um, <laughs> uh, he died at your uh, shrivel cunt of a dick. That's what you said about men who are like gross and they're like, oh, but she, like Kylie Minogue is fat. No one gives a fuck what you think, you shrivel cunt of a dick. They <laughs> are shrivel cunts of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I just think Kylie Minogue is I let herself go a bit and it's like so she you had the breast have cancer. half a tooth. <laughs> oh, they do! Or that thing some of them have where one of their teeth is sideways. Or you're just like, you clearly have not washed, ever washed your bum hole. Oh, yeah. Like, you clearly are giving off the vibe 
that you have never washed your bum hole. Or flossed. Ever. Although, to be fair, you don't need to floss with one tooth. <laughs> no. That's such a fair point. <laughs> I, I will let that one go. And before, I was going to say floss, but then that little thing feel gross. Um, they've got toe jam. They do have toe. They've never like properly cleaned down the sides of their toenails. They're the kind of they're the kind of guys that think I don't need to wash my legs in the shower because it all just washes down there. And you're like, and how often do they wash their towels? Yeah, and their bedding. And these are the guys who say like, oh, but having hairy armpits for a woman is unhygienic. And it's like I'm going to beat you to death. Burn! I'm going to burn you like Billy supposedly is going to burn. I am going candy. to put my sweaty, hairy armpit on your tongue. Mm-hmm. I'll bring your tongue. Yeah, bring your tongue here. Bring, bring your tongue here. You must lick it. <laughs> that always um, I don't know. Um, inspired a react. I don't know why I can't talk tonight, guys, or articulate myself. But when I worked at Bravismo, obviously there were a lot of women who chose to have hairy armpits, which you know, that's really disgusting. <laughs> Uh, that's gross. No. That's really disgusting. Only men are allowed to have hairy armpits. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's not even really a thing. No. And um, but then the amount of women, like a, a minority, but they would come in like, I'm so embarrassed. I've just realised I didn't shave my armpits. They're so hairy. Like, sweetie, don't you know? Like, you don't have to shave your armpits anymore. Like, you know, hair grows there. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. And it would be like funny. Like they would be slightly like stubbly. I'm like, sweetie, like. Most of the Honestly, women. Mine? Here, yeah, literally. Most of the women here are like don't ever. Like you do you, baby girl. It's literally so fine. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, I've never had it happen to me, but you know, like, I am someone who does t- tend to shave my armpits. Mm. And you know, like when you are that kind of person when you don't shave sometimes and you're like, ooh, feel a little bit of hairy. Um, mm. can you imagine if someone ever called you up being like, I can see you in your the armpit hair, like, do you want to sniff it? Like <laughs> Them used to call that kind of thing out. Why? Who cares? Mm, probably a similar reason that I told you you should start plucking your eyebrows. <laughs> You're all just jealous. <laughs> and you plucked that big hair. Oh, what was it I did? Oh, yeah, I did. And I left a fucking hole in my face. Because <laughs> I was like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Rip my fucking brain out. <laughs> I um, because I um, oh, where did I get it from? I found an eyebrow on James's um. An eyebrow? An eyebrow hair. Okay. Um, on James's eyebrow, surprisingly. Yeah. And it was so long. It was like an inch and a half. I plucked and it was fucking great. That's wonderful. So good. I love it. So good. Every now and then he gets one long hair on his yeah. shoulder and I'm like, give it to me. Give it to me. Let me get it. Oh, good. sexual. Anyway, so the next um, sex worker comes in. Uh, Does she start plucking? <laughs> Sandy um, was turning around in a big, wide-eyed circle. Hoo-wee, candy girl, what are we in now? Is this real? Are we in an asylum? Man! She was bigger than Candy and maybe five years older and had tried to lock her bay-coloured hair in a stylish bun at the back of her head, but it kept um, stringing down around her broad, milk-fed cheekbones. And she looked like a cowgirl trying to pass herself off as a society lady. Her shoulders and breasts and hips were too wide and her (gasps) grin too big and open for her to ever be called beautiful. But she was pretty. Fuck off! (laughs) That made me choke. I was so incensed. Too, they were too wide. Well, you're too Her shallow. smile was too big. And you're too much of a cunt. Like, fucking, I'm going to stab so, you. Bromden, um, to, you had a moment earlier in the book, which we didn't go into, where you were saying how uh, you struggled to get off with a lady because of, you know, your illness. Are you sure it wasn't Because you're a cunt. You? Yeah, exactly. Because you're you. Because you're you and you suck. Yeah. Is that, that was 
was the reason. I think that was the reason. Um, but yeah, like no one gives a fuck about your opinions. Um, so burn him. Um, so they carry on with their party. Are these the rats in the lab, Katie? Do we need to get the ship? Come on, you fucks! Come on, you fucks! I'm gonna smack you! <laughs> you are all getting smacked on the worktop! So they're all just like having a great time with their party, drinking. So the girls have brought alcohol. Yeah. They're drinking. They also then just like break into the nurse's station. There's no nurses there. They've all gone home. It's just this night dude watching over them. And so you're like, brilliant. Um, and they get all the pills out and just start like doing the pills. And you're like, guys. This is so bad. It's so bad. Um, and then Billy Bibbit and his girl mentioned that it was after four o'clock in the morning. And if it was all right, if people didn't mind, they'd like to have Mr. Turkle unlock the seclusion room. So the private room at the back. Um, I mean, if you are going to bring sex workers to a party, I, that is probably the most tame thing to ask, to be honest, compared to everything else. Yeah. Like, yeah, fair enough. Um, so they went off under an arch of flashlight beams. And the rest of us went into the day room to see what we could do about clearing up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So at this Is point, the idea they're going to like clean it up so that Ratchet never knew? Yeah. All right. I, I, I hope you can, lads. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. You want to have a good night of time and then you want to just get back to life and, you know, Billy have a good night and lose his virginity. And also, it's not going to happen again if you can't cover your tracks. Yeah. <clears throat> so, McMurphy at this point is kind of thinking like, um, Maybe about running away with um, Candy Candy and Sandy um, and, like, you know, disappearing with them. So his plan um, was then to, um, that we tie up to, um, Turkle and make out it look, it look like McMurphy snuck up behind him, tied him up with um, old, say, strips of torn sheets and relieved him of his keys. And after getting the keys, had broken into the drug room, scattered the drugs. Oh, that's the other thing. They're like, oh, fuck, we did, like, eat loads of the drugs. They are going to notice that. Um, They're fucking idiots. And raised hell with the files just to spite the nurse. She'd believe that part. Then he'd unlocked the screen and made his, and made his, his escape. So they're planning this for a while. Um, McMurphy took his arm from around um, Sandy and looked from me to Harding, thinking that strange, tired expression on his face again. He asked, what about us? Why don't we just get up, um, uh, get, up get our clothes on and make it, out, make it out with him? I'm not quite ready yet, Mag, Harding told him. Then what makes you think I am? Harding looked at him in silence for a time and smiled, then said, No, you don't understand. I will be ready in a few weeks, but I want to do it on my own, by myself, right out of that front door with all the traditional red tape and complications. I want my wife to be here in a car at a certain time to pick me up. I want them to know I was able to do it that way. Um, okay. Is his wife actually going to come pick him up? Harding can leave. He, yeah. I know, but will his wife... Yeah, she can still visit him. She just gets Why? like... <sighs> divorce him, you know. <laughs> um, so they basically decide that they want a nap that's still got some time, so the nurses aren't going to get into probably around six, so it's just after all, why don't we all just go over Kip and we'll tidy up in a little bit. McMurphy's... That's a terrible idea. We all want to do that, but no, you push through. McMurphy told Turkle to tear up some sheets and pick out some of his favourite knots to be tied with. Turkle said he would. I got into my bed in the greying light of the dawn and heard McMurphy and the girl get into his. I was feeling numb and warm. I heard Mr Turkle open the door to the linen room out in the hall. A heave a long, loud, belching sigh as he pulled the door closed behind him. My eyes got used to the dark and I could see McMurphy and the girl snuggled up in each other's arms, getting um, comfortable. More like two tired little kids than a grown man and a grown woman in bed, um, bed together to make love. And that's the way the um, the attendants found them when they came in to turn on the dorm lights at six thirty. You fell asleep. 
You don't deserve to get out. You're too stupid. Like, how are you meant to, like, sympathise at all with this character when he's that fucking stupid? I know! You're just like, I'm like you probably you should have fucking fallen asleep then, should you? Except, why did you get in the bed? No! Like... Is he just like... Oh, I'm Is this a joke to you, McMurphy? Apparently fucking so. So, obviously, they haven't cleaned up. Everything's a huge mess. So, they were, the nurse Ratchet comes in the next morning, obviously fucking furious. McMurphy sat there with a hell of a hangover, sitting with Sandy, like, lol jokes, don't care. Is Turkleton asleep as well? Because why... Um, and then someone raises that Billy Bibbit's not there. Where's Billy? And so the alarm goes out being like, fuck, has Billy escaped? And they're starting to look around and um, Nurse Ratchet's like, he's still here, isn't he? Where the hell is he hiding? Um, and they go to the seclusion room. The nurse reached the door of the seclusion room at the end of the hall. We pushed up close to see, crowding and craning to peep over um, the big nurse and the two attendants as she unlocked it and swung it open. It was dark in the windowless room. There was a squeak and a scuffle in the dark and the nurse reached out, flicked the light down on Billy and the girl where they were blinking up from the mattress on the floor like two owls from a nest. <coughs> the nurse ignored the howl of laughter from behind. William Bibbit! She tried so hard to sound cold and what stern. What would your mother say? William Bibbit! Good morning, Miss Ratchet, Billy said, not even making any move to get up and button his pyjamas. He took the girl's hand in his, in his and grinned. This is candy. He I appreciate I haven't been doing his stutter, but he didn't stutter on this line. He stutters on every other line. Oh, an nice. interesting touch. So um, basically, she's like, oh, mother, oh, goodness, oh, my goodness, and like having a bit of a freak. Um, the loud... I'd freak out if I was looking after someone's son and I came in and they were in bed with a sex worker. Well, yeah, and he's like, and this sort of woman, your dignity, Billy. Mm. Um, which, you know, offensive. Um, and then all the men are being like, oh, what kind of woman is she? A courtesan, a Jezebel? And just sort of like taunting her and, you know, her powers dwindling around her. The loud talk and laughter swirled around the nurse. She looked from Billy and the girl to the bunch of us behind her. The enamel and plastic face was caving in. She shut her eyes and strained to calm her trembling concentration. She knew this was it, her back to the wall. When her eyes opened again, they were very small and still. What worries me, Billy, she said. I could hear the change in her voice. Is how your poor mother is going to take this. She got the response she was after. Billy flinched and put his hand to his cheek as if he'd been burned with acid. Mrs. Bibbit's always been so proud of your discretion. I know she has. This is going to disturb her terribly. I mean, yeah, it will. Yeah. You know how she is when she gets disturbed, Billy. You know how ill the poor woman can become. She's very sensitive, especially concerning her son. She always spoke so proudly of you. She, oh, no, no. His mouth was working. He shook his head, begging. You don't, you don't need. Billy, 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 she said. Your mother and I are old friends. No, he cried. His voice scraped the white bare walls of the seclusion room. He lifted his chin as he was shouting at the moon of the light in the ceiling. No! So, but how did you think this was going to play out? I know. So Billy goes into a full breakdown mode and the laughing stops because it's not funny now. Billy is having a full meltdown. Everyone likes Billy. Billy's sweet. Yeah. Um, and so they're all sort of like shuffling out of the room. The attendants go in and they take Billy into the into the doctor's office. Um, the nurse goes and finds the doctor and says, like, I think you need to go and have a word with him. He's clearly very distressed. Um, and they've left him in there and they, all the inmates are just really shaken. McMurphy's fit, like, feels shit and they're like, it's not your fault. He's like, no, it's not my fucking fault. Jesus fucking Christ. And they're all It's saying, a little your fault. <laughs> It's a little your fault. Yeah. And um, no, the nurse is basically saying, like, poor boy, poor little boy. 
the things these men have done to you, it's shameful. It's very twisting, the knife, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, he did say that he wasn't up for it. I know, like, now he's had supposedly a, a nice time. time, but... Yeah. I do feel he was a little coerced. So the doctor goes um, to check on him mm. and screams. Nurse! He yells, good lord, nurse! She ran, and the three attendants ran down the hall to where the doctor was still calling, but not a patient got up. We knew there, was a, there wasn't anything for us to do now, but just to sit tight and wait for her to come to the day room to tell us what we all had known um, was one of the things that, that was bound to happen. She walked straight to McMurphy. He cut his throat, Jesus. she said. She waited, hoping he would say something. He wouldn't look up. He opened the doctor's desk and found some instruments and cut his throat. The poor miserable... That is kind of the doctor's bad. Yeah, you shouldn't leave that stuff around. Mm. Um, the poor, miserable, misunderstood boy killed himself. He's there now in the doctor's chair with his throat cut. She waited again, but still he didn't look up. First Charles Cheswick and now William Bibbit. I hope you're finally satisfied. You will never be satisfied. <laughs> um, yeah, like... These people are mentally ill and you are putting them under a lot of stress, McMurphy. But equally, she should have removed him from the, from the ward to realising that he's not good for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that is always the case, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you can never blame a patient or something else because at the end of the day, you are in charge of that ward. Yeah, like, yeah. she should have removed him. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been mm. pulled. Um, so now he's sort of like very slowly starts to get up she's walked back into the nurse's office and closed the door behind her and um Bromden's basically looking at McMurphy and he looks old he looks tired so there's been this like reoccurring motif going on about McMurphy always being the joke always being happy and everything mm. but um Bromden's noticed that like ever since the um boat trip he's just been looking like when he doesn't think anyone's looking at him looking more and more haggard and more and more like sad and more than mm. anything tired mm. like because it's a lot on his shoulders keeping everyone up and upbeat yeah so he pulls himself up only at the last after he smashed through the glass of that door so he's walked up and smashed the um, glass window her face swinging round with terror forever ruining any other look she might ever try to um, use again sorry it's like when, don't pull that face when the wind changes <laughs> or you'll be stuck and basically <laughs> Just like split a drawer open or something. Well, it's more, you know, just to take away the comedy, being like, well, now we've seen that, you know, she has fear. Now we'll just see her as that forever, as being afraid. Because, you know, that's all a woman is. It's their fear. And we, now we know that we, she can be scared. You. Because it's all about you power jump to you. When someone it? smashes a window, like, <laughs> now you're weak. Literally. Like, what's alarming? Wait for it. Um, screaming when he grabbed for her and ripped her uniform all the way down the front, screaming again when the two nippled circles started from her chest and swelled out and out, bigger than anybody had ever imagined, warm and pink in the light, only at the last um, after officials realised that the three attendants weren't going to do anything but stand and watch and they would have to beat um, him off without their help. Doctors and supervisors and nurses prying those heavy red fingers out from the white flesh of her throat as if they were her neck bones, jerking him backwards off of her with a loud heave of breath. Only then did he show any sign that he might be anything other than a sane, willful, dogged man. Well, that's debatable. Yeah. Um, performing a hard duty that finally just had to be done, like it or not. We didn't have to rip her dress open and try and strangle her to death, did you? You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to rip her boobs out. You didn't have to rip her boob, you freak. You didn't have to get her boob. What's wrong with you? So he's like grabbed her, her neck and yeah. torn her dress down. So like exposed her, and obviously it's really humiliating. And then it's like 
he's like attacked her throat so viciously that she loses the ability to speak. So he's like not only strangled her, he's like ripped. Forever she loses the ability. It, it takes a while. I don't, it's huh. not really wanted. I think she will get it back, but she is like long term fucked. Yeah. Um, unacceptable. Unacceptable. As you can imagine, mm. he is removed. <laughs> it's like, like, what will it actually take? Attempted murder, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the big, uh, the big nurse was over in medical for a week. So for a while, we had the um, Japanese nurse, mm. um, racial slur, we'll miss out, um, from, from the disturbed running the ward. She's a lot softer than um, mm. the big nurse, but uh, because of that, she's painted as being like... Eh! Because women can either be sappy or non-human. Mm. Those are the two female types. That's what <clears throat> So she was running the world. That gave the guys a chance to change a lot of the ward policy. By the time the big nurse came back, Harding had even got the tub room back open and was in there dealing blackjack himself, trying to make that airy, thin voice of his sound like McMurphy's auctioneer bellow. He was dealing with Emma when he heard um, her key hit the lock. We all left the tub room and came out into the hall to meet her, um, to ask about McMurphy. She's like, really? (laughs) Really? She jumped back two steps when we approached, and I thought for a second she might run. Her face was bloated blue and out of shape on one side, closing one eye completely, and she had a heavy bandage around her throat and a new white uniform. Some of the guys grinned at the front of it. In spite of it being smaller and tighter and more starched than her old uniforms, it could no longer conceal the fact that she was a woman. But you all knew she had massive tears, so the last one didn't conceal the fact she was a woman. But now she's been exposed. So now she, now that she's been exposed and humiliated and beaten by a man, she's been put in her place. There is no power left for her now because she has been beaten and humiliated by a man, as she rightfully should have been. I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder. I'm gonna dig up Kit Kesey and kill him again. We will finish this book, but then, then can we burn, burn it? Yeah. It's annoying as f- that line. I'm just like. There was no hiding the fact that she was a woman. Because we've all seen your tits now. Now you have no power because, you know, women are only there for their sexual fantasies and pleasure. And you're just like... And it's... It's, it's embarrassing. It's like, you know, if someone articulated that, that to me, if they saw my boobs, they're like, and now you have no power. But that's embarrassing. What a sad little life. But also, yes, she was problematic. But what she went through at Hansen McMurphy was fucking horrific. Mm-hmm. That is a terrifying, traumatic attack. And again, I'm not saying she's a good person. But to walk back in there, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't really look past the fact that some of the um, guys in there were getting raped um, by the attendants on her watch. And um, the fact that, and, you know, she did position um, and, uh, Billy Bibbit to kind kill of himself. like under her order as yeah. well. Um, and she did position Billy Bibbit to kill himself. That was pretty fucked. She yeah. did orchestrate that. Yeah. So but she didn't deserve to get her boobs and throat ripped out. <sighs> I mean, she's playing a, a dangerous little game there. Um, I, I just think they're all terrible people. And yeah. if it was to catch fire. Oh, ooh. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smiling, Hardwick stepped up close and asked, what had happened to Mac? And just like, it's the audacity of it, isn't it? It, just, yeah. it makes me so angry. She took a little pad and pencil from, her pocket of, from the pocket of her uniform and wrote, he will be back. On the acute ward. What does a man got to do around here to get some electric shock therapy? The ward door opened and the, um, the attendants wheeled in this gurney. Um, so a gurney is basically... Um, a hospital bed. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, with, okay. <laughs> with a chart at the bottom that said in heavy black letters, McMurphy Randall, P. Post Operative. <gasps> See, had, I can't think what it's called. Lobotomy. Maybe. And below this was written in ink, Lobotomy. <gasps> Where did the boy was? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just the gun. I can think what it was at first. I was like, has he had a biopsy? No. <laughs> <laughs> he pushed it into the day room and left it standing about, uh, standing against the wall, along next to the vegetables. We stood at the foot of the girl. Oh, as in the other people? Yeah. Rude. I know. Um, <laughs> no, just a plate of some <laughs> That's what I thought at first. I was like... They had the grocer in that morning. I was like, like, as they put him at the side for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to have him as for the side salad. <laughs> You know, are they just putting them over there and then they're going to serve lunch? Oh, wait, they're people. <laughs> they're people. Um, <laughs> that was a little grain grocery. What the fuck do you think's going on? <laughs> they put them with the carrots and the apples. <laughs> Katie, all you had to do was list two vegetables and you said apples. <laughs> challenging. <laughs> it's challenging. So, yeah, we stood at the foot of the gurney reading the chart, then looked up um, at the other end um, at the head dented into the pillow, a swirl of red hair over a face milk white, exp- white except for the heavy purple bruises around the eyes. Ooh. So then they spend a while being like, it's a fake. That's not him. That's not really him. He looks so small and there's Ben, they're like, that's some pretty big arms. Look, it has his tattoos. It has his scars. And like, Of course it's fucking him. Why would it be someone else? Well, they think it's a trick they're playing on them to, like, break Why would them I around. fuck around if, as Ratchet? Why would I fuck around with tricks when I can literally lobotomise whoever the fuck I want? I, well, it's just wishful thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Our first stage of grief. Denial. Mm. Denial. End. Denial. <laughs> Denial. <laughs> she would come out and say it, but she has to write it on her little pad. Denial. Yeah. You're all in denial. <laughs> I fucking whooped his ass. <laughs> I always win. I'll always win, boys. I'll always win. <laughs> um, so that night he's pushed This in. is my ward, bitches. Bitches. <laughs> so he's pushed in um, with Bromden for bedtime again because they, always, they share a dormitory. That's what <laughs> really Bromden. weird. I'd be like, I don't want to sleep with him. He's creepy now. He's really creepy. I waited that night until the sounds in the dorm told me everybody was asleep and until the attendants had stopped making their rounds. Then I turned my head on the pillow so I could see the bed next to mine. I'd been listening to the breathing for hours since they had wheeled the gurney in and left the stretcher onto, and lifted the stretcher onto the bed. Listening to the lungs stumbling and stopping, then starting again, hoping as I listened they would um, stop for good. But I hadn't turned to look yet. There was a cold moon at the window, pouring light into the dorm like skimmed milk. I sat up in bed and my shadow fell across the body, seeming to cleave it in half between the hips and the shoulders, leaving only a black space. The swelling had gone down enough in the eye that um, that they were open. They stared into the full light of the moon, open and undreaming, glazed from being um, open so long without blinking until they were like smudged fuses in a fuse box. Mm. I moved to pick up the pillow and the eyes fast, um, fastened on the movement and followed me as I stood up and crossed the few feet between the beds. The big, hard body had a tough grip on life. It fought a long time against having it taken away, flailing and thrashing around. So much had to lie full length on top of it and scissor the kicking legs with mine while I mashed the pillow into the face. I lay Sorry, there. I, I had to. You didn't have to. But anyway, yeah. carry on. Just keep pronouncing him. Mm. Um, I lay there on top of the body for what seemed days until the thrashing stopped, until it was still, um, still a while and had shuddered once and still and was still again. Then I rolled off. 
I lifted the pillow and in the moonlight I saw the expression hadn't changed from the blank, dead-end look the least bit. Even under suffocation, I took my thumbs and pushed the lids down and held them till they stayed. Ooh. Then I lay back on my bed. I lay for a while, holding the covers over my face, and thought I was being pretty quiet, but Scanlon's voice, hissing from his bed, let me know I wasn't. Take it easy, Chief, he said. Take it easy. It's okay. Is he crying? Uh, Katie nodded then. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I forget um, it's odd. Yeah. <laughs> um, he then gets out of bed a little bit later, picks up that uh, big old control panel that McMurphy tried to lift in the first place and couldn't, chucks it through a window because, you know, Bromden a tough old boy. Yeah. And runs away. Oh. He's like, about enough of this shit. That's the I? bit I've seen in The Simpsons. Anyway. I was going to say, that's the bit that I remember in the film is just him jogging off at the end like, I've had enough of this shit. I'm fucking done with this shit. Yeah. Oh, at least he got out. But, I mean... Want to judge women and their hairstyles? Yeah. Like... We still don't like Brandon. It's it's hard, because, like, obviously they did ridiculous things. And I also feel had ridiculous expectations of life inside, like, um, an an institution like that. Uh, But at the same time, it wasn't being run the right way. And because they are patients in there... They don't they have a have... lot of like. It's not like there's an HR department they can drop an email to yeah. and be like, uh, "P.S. Could we not be raped?" Like, well, just get over it. Yeah, the, the we bit use that... Vaseline. What's your problem? <laughs> the bit that I come back to with that is the juxtaposition between knowing that rape is wrong and a horrific thing to do to someone to a man. But exactly, but it's okay to do to a 15-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And it just comes back to the argument again. I mean, yeah, it's obviously wrong on both counts, but it's mm. like, well, clearly you think women are slabs of meat. Mm-hmm. Therefore, why don't you go die? <laughs> oh, wait, you did. Good. So that was the thing. I was like, I can see how Ratchet is a cunt. I can see how they're just, oh, first of all, cunts and yeah. just like... But also that they do deserve to not get raped and have a duty of care provided to them because they are the ones that are ill. But then they were rapists as well. Exactly. Uh, that's why I was just like, shall we just burn the whole place down? I know. Yeah. Everyone's a bad egg in there. Yeah. Just make some scrambled eggs. Yeah. That's what they did when they lobotomized. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Don't read it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's not even well written. He said he writes would of instead of would have, and that just makes me physically angry. Would you, would you like to hurt the book? Throw it out the fucking window. Throw it out the window. We're done with this horrible book. It's going to be therapeutic for us. It's... I'm not picking it up afterwards. No. No, I will. I don't like litter. Checking no one's smoking outside. I'm frisbeeing it into a tree. We're done with you. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I threw it out the window, guys. Me. I was going to set fire to it, but then I was like, no, I'm, I'll set the smoke alarms off right now. Yeah, so we've thrown the book out of the window. That was an ordeal. That is the first time we've had to throw a book out a window. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. For different reasons, I got close after what happened to um, Boxer. Oh, yeah. Boxer. That broke me. And throw the book out the window. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different kind of putting the book in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. That book is a... That book is a lot. Yeah, that, that's Animal Farm. But that one's a fucking lot. One flew over the cookie's nest. Jesus. Yes, thank you for tuning in. Yes. 
Hopefully you found it informative. Well, I, you know, it's one of those ones where people are like, oh, you know, everyone knows the title. Yeah. Like, now we know what's in it. And now, whenever someone goes, oh, McMurphy, oh, oh, yeah. oh Ratchet, we can be like, ah! Yeah, we're like, yeah, actually. But, uh, um, actually. Yeah, they're both dicks. They're so. both dicks. And did you, did you know, did you know that uh, McMurphy's a child rapist? Did yeah, you exactly. Know that? And you're just making excuses for him, are you? Is that because you're just a terrible person too? Exactly. And like, you know, Ratchet was like put back in her place, rightfully so, because she's a woman. Absolutely. There was no disguise in the fact that she was a woman. Yeah. Fucked up. But yeah, so yeah, at least now you can be like, well, I think it's misogynistic and shit. Well, because it is. Because it is. And you can be backed up and founded. Yeah. Now, if anyone ever tells you otherwise, just point them in our direction and make them listen to this. Yeah. Because that's how we, that's how we get listeners. Yeah. That's how we make friends. (laughs) How do you make friends if you don't rant at them for four hours straight about niche topics? (laughs) Yeah, when you think about it. You think about it. Anyway, so thank you very much for tuning in, guys. We will be back shortly. With Katie, pick up the books. I can't remember the name of the author. This is a little bit of a clue. With... It's too dark. (laughs) Would you like me to read it for you? I'm going to say the the title of the book, The Strange Case. I've already forgotten. Give it here. I'm going (laughs) to edit it. All right. Get ready, lads, for The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Other Tales of Terror. Oh. Okay. (laughs) What? Well, I'm still reading it. And I think I'm on one of the other tales of terror. And I was wondering how it was going to link back to Jekyll and Hyde. (laughs) Because the answer is it isn't. <laughs> you know, yeah. As I was reading it, I was literally like, I wonder if this is like a compendium and that it's, you know, other stories as well as Jekyll and Hyde. Did you want to like look at the fucking front cover? Well, probably not. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Oh, so I've already read it. Okay. Well, I guess it's yes. Yeah, so. Well, it makes me know it's going to have a really compelling ending. It did. It's just, it launched into another story again. And I just wondered... How it was all going to link up. You're strange kind Guess of Guess it's not gonna. <laughs> well, yes, that's going to be very exciting. By Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> that's a great name. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's going to be very exciting and that's going to be good for Halloween vibes. Well, now I'm confused. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be back super soon. And yeah, uh, thanks and speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Bye.